Hi, welcome to episode three of There's My Beer. Uh, I'm your host, Johnny, and episode three, I'm, I'm happy. I, I enjoy doing these. I hope you guys enjoy listening. Uh, this episode, I'm going to go over some Oktoberfest events in the local area here in the Chicagoland area. Um, looking for people to help me branch that out uh, and send me stuff that would be helpful. You know, visit the Facebook page or whatnot. I think you can leave comments on the podcast at Spreaker.com, too. And uh, outside of that, so I'm, gonna, uh, I'm going to discuss the difference between a stout and a porter, which is not exactly as complicated. I mean, it's complicated, but it it's not all at the same time. I'm going to do a review of a, um, a stout called Sticky Nuts, brewed by Short Fuse Brewing Company right here in Schiller Park, Illinois. So, without further ado, so uh, the short history of Oktoberfest is that Crown Prince Ludwig, who became King Ludwig I, uh, he reigned from 1825 to 1848. He married Princess Teresa, or Princess Therese of Saxe-Hildesburg on 11-12-1810. When they got married, they got married outside of, um, just outside of Munich, and they invited the citizens of Munich to attend all the festivities. Uh, there were these fields in the front of the city, and that's where they had it. Uh, they had the gates, there. the gates were open so that everyone could come and celebrate. So the fields were eventually named Teresa's Meadow in honor of the Crown Princess, and they they still have that name to this day. Um, they also used to have horse races during all the Oktoberfest events. Those were held on the 18th of October to honor the newlyweds. So Oktoberfest really runs from... Well, I'll get to that in a minute. So they had horse races, and they had this giant event. And um, they had about... For the races, they had about 40, they would have about 40,000 spectators, and there was nothing really, there were no buildings, there were not, it was just, they would, they put up a giant, they put up giant tents, and they, uh, wore traditional count, count, or costuming, and I'm going later on, so, and they had the racetrack, which was, uh, 11,200 foot, a two, 11,200 foot long racetrack, 30 horses would be racing it, um, they, they had so much stuff going on. It was just a giant, massive party capped off by these races. So, they decided to keep it going. Every year, in, 18, in 1811, the year after, they added a, uh, a show to it to help promote Bavarian agriculture. Uh, let's see. I believe there was no Oktoberfest in 1813 because of the Napoleonic Wars. Uh, and then every year from that point on, it got bigger and bigger and bigger. Uh, they added tree climbing, bowling alleys, swings, uh, carnival booths. Uh, they were giving away silver, porcelain, and jewelry. Uh, the city elders, or fathers, I guess they were called, uh, decided to take control of, of managing the festival. And um, in 1819, a short time after it started, they decided that Oktoberfest should be an annual event held every year. They eventually lengthened it and... Um, push the dates forward because they wanted it at the end of September because the days are warmer and they're a little longer than second week of October. Uh, interesting side note is they continued the horse racing until 1960. Uh, there was a short drought during World War II because, well, the people in charge of Germany at the time weren't really fun, were they? Uh, it, so this became a, you know, oh, they still have the agricultural show. Uh, I believe it's held... I don't believe it's every year, though. I want to say it's every two years or every four years. Not sure why. I, I know it's not every year. 
so they've had um oh they also had a parade obviously in 1810 and they've had the parade as an important annual event since 1850 uh they estimate eight to 10,000 people, mostly from the area, from Germany, or I guess you could say Bavaria, uh, dressed in traditional costumes, and they walk down what's ma- called Maximilian Street through the center of Munich, and they march to the festival grounds, the Oktoberfest grounds. So let's see. There's a statue of Bavaria who watches over the Oktoberfest that was added in 1850. In, 18, in 1854, the... Uh, the festival was canceled. Cholera epidemic in in uh, Munich. Oh, actually, they also have a hall of fame there called the Rumsma Hall. I'm sorry if I'm massacring that. If you're German, I'm sorry. But it literally translates to hall of fame, and it was completed. I think it's got multiple wings. Even it's huge. It was completed in uh, 1853, so right before the festival being canceled. There was also no. Um, Oktoberfest in 1866, 1870, 1873. Uh, 73 was a cholera epidemic. 80, or 66 and 70 were wars. Uh, let's see. In 1880, a big milestone was that it was electrically lit. So they had more than 400 booths and tents, and they were electrically lit. Now, many people associate beer and uh, bratwurst with Oktoberfest. But interestingly enough, Bratwurst didn't start being sold in booths until 1881 at Oktoberfest. Uh, 1892, everyone thinks these German steins. Glass mugs weren't allowed until 1892. They decided, so that's throughout the 19th century, near the end of the 1800s, they decided they were going to change stuff around a little bit. Um, they reorganized it a bit, and I'll talk about the 20th century a little bit. Uh, up until then, they had games of, uh, they had, uh, there were, tr- like I said, tree climbing. Uh, the beer booths, but the the people running it, the people organizing it, managing it, decided that they wanted to add more musicians, but they also wanted to um, be able to add more room for guests. So they started creating the so the beer booths actually the beer beer booths actually morphed into the giant beer halls that you see on TV and in movies when they go to Oktoberfest, or they you know. If you watch a documentary about Oktoberfest, if you're watching Beer Fest, it's probably not the same thing. So, in 1887, there was a parade with uh, of the breweries that participated. The Oktoberfest sta- staff was invited to participate. Uh, there were horse teams for the brewery- breweries. There were bands playing in the tents. And this is more when it became the traditional that we the tradition we know today, right? Um, it's always the first Saturday of Oktoberfest when they have the pr- parade with the horse-drawn teams and all that stuff. Uh, that's what kicks it off. And uh, I guess it's really considered the, yeah, it's the opening act of it. So, enter the 20th century, the 1900s. Uh, 100th anniversary of Oktoberfest was in 1910. They built another larger pavilion called the Brauer, B-R-A, with two dots over it, U-R-O-S. Can't say it, sorry. Uh, that held 12,000 people. And then, sadly, World War One came around, and Oktoberfest from 1914 to 1918 was uh, not in, uh, was suspended. Um, immediately after the war, they tried to bring it back, kind of. 
Uh, I mean, Germany was rebuilding. The world was rebuilding. 1919, 1920, they had the Kleineris Herbsfest, which translates to small smaller autumn celebration uh it was canceled again in 1923 and 1924 i think it was economic reasons so now is when it gets interesting and a little twisted so um in the early 30s oktoberfest was brought back but it was used as part of nazi propaganda right oktoberfest's 125th anniversary which came near right around here uh it was back to the main you know, the big celebration they knew, but it, it seems like it was tarnished a bit, right? I mean, come on. Uh, World War II, there was no Oktoberfest from 1939 to 1945, like I said earlier. 1946-48, uh, to 48, they had the Autumnfest again. They sold Oktoberfest beer. Um, Oktoberfest beer generally is about, is a little stronger than regular beer. Not by much. It's uh, 2% uh, stronger. I bring that up because during this Autumn Fest, they were not allowed to have that. So, over the two centuries plus that it's existed, there's been 24 times that it did not not have it. Or that it had, been not, it had not been celebrated. Now, keep in mind, this whole thing revolves around the... Um, the whole thing revolves around the marriage of a, 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 was it a princess and a, and a, a king. Or was a guy soon to be king. Think about that. Can you imagine you and your wife's boyfriends, husbands, whatever, anniversary being celebrated for 200 plus years and being such a national event like that? It makes you want to live like for a couple hundred years, doesn't it? Uh, now we're getting into the what we know today, right? So, in the 1950s, um, since that, since the 1950s, they they've changed it again. Uh, tapping of the first keg is at noon. The mayor of uh, the mayor of Munich is who who taps it. Uh, first liter of beer goes to the minister or president of the state of Bavaria. Uh, they also open with a twelve gun salute for tapping the keg. They have the parades, traditional traditional parades. Uh, the beer tent waitresses, the landlords participate. Marksmen's clubs. Um, they start around the parade starts around nine forty five. Runs till about ten fifty. Uh, and that's basically when it opens. So that that's prior to the t- beer tapping. Like I said, they they wear the traditional garb. Still, a lot of them. They've introduced a medical area, uh, special police force just for Oktoberfest, and uh, that's where it goes. That's how it started. That's basically what we know today. Made a few changes throughout the two thousands. They wanted to make sure that the uh, families can still enjoy it and older people could still enjoy it. So until evening, I think 5, 6, 7 o'clock, something like that, orchestras, bands, and everybody, they're only allowed to play uh, quiet music, traditional folk music. Um, after that, bands can go all out. I think it, they even have a decibel limit. So they're trying to... Um, it became too much of a party. There was a decent amount of uh, violence and stuff. I mean, But anyways... That's enough of the history. It's 200 years old. 200 plus, 208 years old. In 2013, 6.4 million people visited and 6.7 million liters of beer will drink. And you know what? That's all right. Uh, anyways, to some local events for the weekend and for Oktoberfest. Uh, Short Fruits Brewing Company in Schiller Park near O'Hare. It's on River Road. That's who I'm going to be doing a review of today, the beer. 
Uh, they are having a they're having brewery tours this Saturday at four. Uh, hit them up on their website or hit them up on Facebook. Uh, I think you actually, if you go to their Facebook page, they um, they have an email address. Send an email, your name, how many guests you want to bring. Uh, they have live music later on in the evening. Most evenings, I think they have live music to some extent. I remember being there for a Hawks home opener last year, and uh, they had live music. But go ahead, take check it out. Check out the tour of, I believe it's the third largest brewing area in the state of Illinois. Uh, and they have, well, they have over 14 beers. The plus side is they have over 14 beers. You're going to find one you like. The downside is, with that many beers, eh, I can't say all of them are great. I, I like the place a lot, but still. Uh, every Thursday, in because I'm recording this on a Thursday night, so this isn't, isn't going to be relevant today. Uh, every Thursday... Oak Park Brewing Company has a, uh, there's like an additional, Oak Park Brewing Company is a really nice place. Been there, food's great, beer's great, people are real nice. It's in a nice area of Oak Park, it's real like, I don't want to say scenic, but it's really nice. Um, For those of you that don't know, Oak Park, Illinois has a lot of Frank Lloyd Wright homes and stuff like that. Uh, They have a club attached to it called Hamburger Mary's, and every Thursday night, Hamburger Mary's has a, uh, has comedy. So, you get the beer, you get some good food. And you get some comedy, which, that's always good. Uh, let's see what else I got here listed. Uh, Byway Brewing Company in Hammond, Indiana. Been there a couple years back. Really nice people. Beer's, beer was solid, considering they just opened. I'm sure it's better now. They, uh, they, it's not really my thing, but they have yoga and beer with live music. So, if you're into yoga, if you're into beer, and you're into live music or I would guess two of those three, and you live near Hammond, check it out. It's uh, Wednesday, 17th, October 17th, 1800 hours. For those of you who don't know, that's 6 o'clock. Uh, you can check out their Facebook page, Byway Brewing Company, and uh, find it there. Uh, let's see what else I have. Um, Capital Brewery and Beer Garden in Middleton, Wisconsin, is having the Triple M Block Party. That's Saturday, September 22nd, so that is... This Saturday, this airs the 21st, so Saturday, September 22nd at 3 p.m. Might want to check that one out. I would, if you, uh, Triple M, the Triple M Block Party, Triple M is a radio station, 105.5 FM. Uh, Capital Brewery makes some pretty good beers. Like I said, it's up in Middleton, Wisconsin. If you're in that area, I'd recommend it. Uh, let's see, the Foster Cheese House in Osseo, Wisconsin is having... Their, their Blues and Brews Fest, Saturday, October 13th at 1 p.m. Again, you can find them on Facebook and uh, find out more details there. Uh, Tinley Park, Illinois, is having Oktoberfest 2018, September 21st through September 23rd. Oddly, I'll be in Tinley Park on the 21st to see Ozzy Osbourne on his No More Tours 2 tour, farewell tour. Um, hopefully he stays retired. I've never seen him before, so I figure what the hell, let's hit it up. They're having their Oktoberfest. I have Munster, Texas is in Heritage Park, October 6th and 7th. They're having their Oktoberfest uh, festival. <laughs> I guess that didn't really work out too well. Um, they're having a Bratwurst f- Race 5K half mar- and a half marathon. It's on Saturday. But it's it's still an Oktoberfest. They're having a... They're, uh, like I said, Munster, Texas, if you're in Texas listening... Head on down, or up. Oh, depends where you're at, I guess. People always say people always say down, no matter where they're at, by me. And then we have Wisconsin's Oktoberfest, because, come on, 
Wisconsin's got to have their own. Uh, uh, we're talking, let's see, Oktoberfest in Wisconsin, September 22nd, 2018th, 5 p.m. until 10 p.m., uh, corner of Brookfield and West Blue Mound Road, I believe it is, in Brookfield, Wisconsin. Uh, it says unlimited sampling. So, oh, I'm not familiar with the area, but it's called the Corners of Brookfield. My bad. Milwaukee is also having their uh, Oktoberfest. There's a lot of them. I told you. I told you last week I'd have more. So uh, Milwaukee Oktoberfest, like they have live music coming in. Uh, theirs is on October fifth through October seventh. Uh, eleven eleven North Phillips Avenue, and there's lots going on there. Stein hoisting contest, Miss Oktoberfest contest, cornholing tournament, uh, broad eating contest, live, like I said, uh, live music. This one sounds interesting, Polka Floyd. <laughs> and then let's see what else I got for you here. Germantown, Wisconsin, 24th annual Oktoberfest, September 29th through 30th. So there starts next week. Uh, Germantown is located in, well, Germantown Historical Society, which is, I believe, hosting it, or part one of the hosts, they're located at uh, N128 West, North 128 West, 18780 Holy Hill Road in Germantown, Wisconsin. Uh, Wisconsin knows beer. I don't care what anybody says. Wisconsin knows beer, cheese, and brats. So any of these in Wisconsin, I would probably recommend stopping in and checking out. I've heard of the Germantown one plenty of times because it's Germantown. You know they're going to do it up. So uh, if you have time, head over there. And let's see, what else do I have? That might be it. Uh, Fort Worth, Texas is having their uh, Oktoberfest, September 27th through the 29th. And that is, got a great picture. It's at Panther Island Pavilion. So check that one out. If you live in, if you live in Fort Worth. Damn, I'm going to be in Fort Worth, Dallas, Fort Worth area in November. Ah! And then we have, uh, if in Chicago, of course, Rosemont, Hofbrauhaus House has their celebration as well. There's a September 22nd. Uh, I think there's kind of, they have a straight up one on September 22nd, but they kind of celebrate it all the time. Like, you go there, they have live music. It's all the German music and stuff. They have German beer brewed there, though. Uh, but I believe it follows all the purity laws. Some people don't like it because they beca they've become commercial. I think it's fine. I don't mind the beer at all. Um, but I could I would say check that one out as well. And I think oh how this one slipped my mind. Oh my god, Oktoberfest Chicago September twenty eighth through September thirtieth. Not sure how I missed that one. It is at Southport and Lincoln Avenue, and uh, that's. Kind of like the mecca for it in uh, Chicago for Oktoberfest. I want to say it's Lakeview, the Lakeview uh, neighborhood, West Lakeview. And uh, they're having craft beer tasting nights. They have a German beer hall there. It's going to be uh, going to be a fun time. That one I've been to before. And I think, as I said before, 15 times. Oh, Wheeling, Illinois has there September 29th. Uh, I 
think that's about it. I don't think I need to go over anymore. So, anyways, there's some Oktoberfest uh, stuff for you guys to check out. Like I said, it's always a fun. Oktoberfest is always fun. Now, I was gonna go over the difference between a porter and a stout. I'm already at 24 minutes, and I know I try to keep these kind of short. So, since this is the longest one, I'm just gonna go straight into um, a review. So, about three, two or three years ago, they opened Short Fuse Brewing Company in um, Shell Park, Illinois. Shell Park's right next to O'Hare Airport. I live a town over from it. I thought it was kind of neat. I'm like, finally, because the southwest suburbs had breweries. Up north, had, everyone had them except this area. Um, and it looked really nice. It looked like a city kind of place. It kind of had that look to it. These big garage doors, they could open when it's nice out. Turns out it's the third largest brewing space in, in, in Illinois, I believe. I believe that's what they told me when I was there. And they really set out to be successful. I guess the guy that owns it is a, is a straight-up entrepreneur, and he wanted to, he want, he liked beer. He wanted to make a beer company. Brewer, he wanted to open a brewery. He hired brewmasters from someplace in Madison, Wisconsin, I believe it was, and they set out, and within, I want to say, a year, they were canning and distributing their, their beer throughout the near area. So... We went there and we had a sample of a lot of them, and there's one I still I liked and I still buy it to this day. The problem is they don't brew it year round, and that's where I have an issue with short fuse and a lot of breweries. Everyone in the, everyone's like, oh, it's summer, you have to drink an IPA. As you'll learn on the show, I'm not a huge IPA fan. Now I'm going to do a review of more brewery in a couple of probably in a week or two because we were just there, and they have a couple IPAs I really enjoyed. Generally, I don't. Short fuses, I don't mind. They tell you an IBU number that seems really high, but they don't seem to be that high. So I, I don't know. But one of the beers I really liked, they rotate it. So it's not available during the summer. It's called Sticky Nuts. Now, I was able to pick up a six, a four-pack of it. No, six-pack of it, sorry, at the local Binnie's here. Uh, it's Coconut Stout. Now, I like stuff like that. I, li I like when you add certain things to stouts, because I think certain flavors work really well together. So, you crack open a can of Sticky Nuts, you pour it, first thing you notice is that the, it's dark brown, it's almost black, um, but it doesn't seem really heavy. It kind of reminds me of, um, yeah, see, people think Guinness is heavy, and it's really not. It, it's, it's relatively light, the way it pours. Um, not much head on it, for a stout. It's kind of a, kind of a disappointment. The head dissipates pretty quickly, it doesn't leave any any lacing or anything. Uh, the beer is pretty dark, like I said. You can barely see through it. When you sniff it, though, oh, it smells fantastic. Uh, you, you smell chocolate, vanilla. Uh, you smell, the, the, of course, the roasted malt that you smell on every stout. And you smell coconut. And I like coconut. I like coconut with chocolate. I think it works really well. I think coconut with a lot of things work really well. Problem with a lot of coconut porters or coconut stouts is that the flavor isn't really there. Like, you smell it, and it just kind of tastes like if you'd gotten, like, suntan lotion in your mouth. And it just, they're just not that good. So when you first taste this one, though, you get the taste of the stout, right? You get the roasted malts, you get the milk chocolate, you get a little bit of the, the nutty flavor. Uh, they use, I want to say, I can't think of the name of the hops, but they're a little peppery. So it gives you a little bit of, um, just a little bit of hop there. And it's, um, but mixing with all those flavors, 
you taste the coconut. Now, you don't taste it strongly, in my opinion, but it's subtle, and you can tell it's there. And it's a very well-balanced beer. All the flavors play off each other very well. Um, the mouthfeel of it, it's... Because, like I said, it doesn't seem like it's really thick. Uh, and the mouthfeel is pretty light, and it's... Um, it's carbonated nicely. Uh, I've heard complaints that they say it's too carbonated, but mine was in a can. Now, I have had it at the brewery, too, and it is a little different. Um, but like I said, it's, it's, it, all the flavors play off each other really nice, and it comes together very nicely. I don't know if it's going to be available outside, outside of the state of Illinois anytime soon. I really don't. It was uh, it's a damn good beer. So if you are in the area, in the Chicagoland area, if you're flying in and you have a layover of a few, like five, six, seven hours... Head over to Short Fuse. The food's actually really good. The atmosphere's good. The, the staff is, you know, very informative. They'll tell you about the place. All kinds of cool shit. And, um, yeah, I think that's about it for this episode. Uh, maybe I should tr try keeping them about 30 minutes. What do you guys think? Uh, let me know on the Facebook page. Also, oh, I wanted to say, there are actually three contributors to the Facebook page. You'll start seeing posts by them. Actually, a, f they, a few of the posts that have been on there have been by them. Luckily, because I am not that good at it like posting because of work and uh, they're much more versed in beer than I am they're way better at describing it and everything too so hopefully they'll rotate through the cast a little bit uh, I'm supposed to be going to an Oktoberfest celebration in oh where's that one at huh. I probably should tell you the one I'm going to shouldn't I the one I'm going to is uh, where is it at Glendale Heights it's this weekend, September 21st through the 23rd. Uh, it's put on by Hofbrau and a, schnitzel, a restaurant called Schnitzelplatz. Schnitzelplatz is fantastic. They're on North Avenue, and I think it is Glen, Glendale Heights they're in. So that that's going on. I might be there, and one of the guys might come by Saturday and hop on the cast. So if he does, you'll meet him. Or you're here. You're here. Anyways, sorry for the rambling. Thanks for listening. Uh, enjoy your beer safely. Hope you learned something. And I will talk to you later.